Welcome to Two Inches Off the Ground. When you are enlightened, you live your life two inches off the ground. Thank you for downloading this episode. I'm back. I'm here. I'm alive. As you know, I've been going through a health crisis for the past two months. I've had a recent diagnosis of ulcerative colitis, which is an autoimmune disorder. And as a double bonus, I got E. coli. How lucky am I? I really need to focus that energy and put it in the lottery. Yeah, winning the lottery. I don't play the lottery, but now I'm going to play and focus my energy on winning it. All right, I'm pulling out of this health crisis, and I'm so happy that I can podcast again. Hopefully, if everything keeps moving in this upward trajectory, I am returning to my weekly schedule of dropping an episode on Tuesdays. If you like this podcast, I'd love for you to tell a friend this week. Word of mouth is everything, so please help me spread the word. Please give me five stars and write a review for extra good karma. Okay, so today's topic is health crisis lessons and spirit guide surprises. All right, so I am coming off the worst two months physically of my life ever. I now realize with this diagnosis, I believe I've had ulcerative colitis, or I will probably call it UC during this podcast, during this episode, since I was a teenager. Because now that I know what's going on and I've been diagnosed, I really see the signs. Ulcerative colitis is very emotional and stress-based. And when it was in its worst, when I was absolutely at my worst, I was having 50 colon spasms a day. So you can imagine how that must have felt. I've never given birth to a child, but I imagine it's something close to childbirth contractions. I stopped eating, drinking, I couldn't even think about water, and I'm someone that drinks water constantly. I was so fatigued at one point, it would take me four to five hours, four to five hours to get out of bed to brush my teeth. That's how bad it was. It was, let's say, 8 p.m. at night, and my goal was, okay, before I go to sleep, let me at least get up and brush my teeth. Out of nowhere, it would be midnight. 1am and I still didn't have the energy to brush my teeth and I would finally get up and make myself do it. So that's how bad the fatigue or the adrenal fatigue was. I lost 20 pounds in two weeks. Anyone who knows me, I'm really tiny. I'm five foot one. I have a body type like a Natalie Portman or a Yara Shadidi, someone like that. And I couldn't afford to lose 20 pounds. So it was really bad. If any of you checked out my Instagram, you saw my picture a week ago where I put it up and you can see that I was extremely malnourished and emaciated. Since then, I'm happy to say I have gained weight back. One of my lowest points was when my husband called the ambulance because I couldn't pick my head off the pillow and I was having heart palpitations. The month of August was a complete blur. I felt like I was in and out of a coma. I had to get to a point to where I could finally walk to go to the doctors. I could finally make it to a doctor appointment. So I finally did, which was great. I received the diagnosis of ulcerative colitis, as I said, and unfortunately E. coli. I have one more test to go. I have an MRI next week. I'm still pulling out of it. I'm not there yet. I was on antibiotics and I am on a serious steroid called prednisone. It is no joke. (laughs) I have every single side effect you can have. Um, Prednisone you taper. So meaning you take 10 milligrams less each week. I'm taking it for 30 days. And as that's happening, the side effects are much less. So that's great. I can now fit into shoes again. My edema or swelling was so bad. I couldn't fit into shoes. I couldn't fit into skinny jeans. I I couldn't get them over my ankles or my feet or anything like that. So now I'm back to that, which is great. The food cravings because of the malnourishment is crazy. I attack my food all the time. Um, I'm trying to not attack my food. So that's where I'm with that. I'm still having some trouble walking because of the atrophy to my muscles. 
The fatigue can be absolutely out of control. The brain fog is insane. I keep mixing up dates, especially. Right now I'm recording at, it's around 4.30 in the morning. I woke up at 1.51 because that's how my body is resetting itself. So, you know, I'm just kind of going with it. But the good news is I'm on my way back. I feel like I've learned so much and I've had unexpected surprises from my spirit guides. So let's get into the 10 lessons I've learned because I think or I hope that you can pick up from one of these lessons. And if you're in any type of tough time right now or you know someone who's going through a tough time, I think maybe at least one of these lessons can help you. All right. Lesson one, extreme does not work. I have an extreme personality. I realize that. I I now realize that, (laughs) that I can go to extremes, right? I'm either doing this or I'm doing that. I'm either having a detox green smoothie with 13 vegetables or I'm having, you're going to hear about this later, or I'm having soda. So I need to realize that my personality is extreme and it's just, it doesn't help in these situations. And with the extremity comes the stubbornness. So I feel that I lost weeks of my health by being stubborn and refusing to go to the emergency room because I looked up, actually I looked up a couple days ago for ulcerative colitis, what they would have done for me in an emergency room. And at the end of the day, if I wasn't eating, they would have intubated me. They would have done an IV, put me on an IV, and they would have stopped the bleeding. So at least I would have gotten help there and I would have gotten my life back a little bit there. They could have done an MRI. So I realized how stubborn I was. On Clubhouse, I have a friend named Florence, and she's amazing. She drops these little nuggets. I've I've mentioned this room before. If anyone ever wants to go in, it's at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. It's called the Genius Factory, and she really changed my perspective. And I, I think I mentioned this in another podcast that she was saying, you know, I work as an oncology nurse. I've seen Western medicine work really well, and I'm tired of dividing, you know, Western medicine versus Eastern medicine. Uh, you know, mask versus no mask, and even politically, right, we, in this country, red state versus blue state, and she said, I'm so tired of the division in this country, just, you know, everything can work, and everything can meld together, and you don't have to be so divisive, so I was someone who just, I would not really go to a doctor. I would once a year, I would get a physical, I would do the blood work. But besides that, really not go to a doctor or a Western doctor, American doctor, whatever you want to say, normal doctor (laughs) for any type of ailment, unless I really had to. And now I'm going to talk about that, how I see that is, you know, for, for what I'm dealing with and how I have to manage this chronic condition for the rest of my life. That's just not going to work. That's not going to work. So my perspective has really changed on that. Why am I lying here practically near death in 2021 when I can go to an ER, right? When I can get medicine from a doctor. Am I happy about putting pharmaceuticals in me? Am I happy about, you know, supporting big pharma in this way? No. But at the same time, I need to live. At the same time, I, I, you know, I need to, I, I can't spend my life not knowing what month it is in bed, out of bed, can't pick my head up off the pillow. So that's the decision I've come to. So just not to be extreme in my thinking. At the same time, also still incorporate that Eastern or that alternative medicine. So something that I've looked up with UC is that people get caught in a cycle of pain blockers and pain medicine, and it doesn't work a lot. You know, it's just years of, okay, I'm on this pain blocker, that stopped. People are on them for years. And if you have to be, there's nothing wrong with that. If it helps you, God bless. If that's your path, that's great. But for right now, I just don't want it to be mine. So I want to still 
keep incorporating that alternative, that Eastern medicine. I've looked into an acupuncturist that I'm going to in November that specializes specifically in UC and Crohn's. I'm going to have a completely inclusive approach. You know, I'm going to maintain my amazing gastroenterologist. You'll hear about him later. I'm going to have the MRI done to have a backup of emergency medicine in case I have another flare-up so I can skip the ER, especially in COVID right now. I am completely changing my lifestyle. Meditation is not an option anymore. It is an everyday thing. I used to also do these long two-hour walks. I can't do that anymore because it puts too much stress on my body, especially where I live. It's all hills. So I'm going to keep the walk short to 30 minutes. Stress reduction is a big factor for me. It's a big factor in this disease. So I have to really concentrate on that. If something's wrong, not keeping it in my gut, you know, talking it out. Cooking for myself is my new obsession. I, <laughs> I think this comes from the malnourishment. I cannot stop thinking about food. I have dinner and then I'm thinking, oh my gosh, when's my next dinner? I eat like an animal. That's something I have to work on because I really have been attacking my food lately. I My new obsession, you guys, food shows, food podcasts, Instagram cooking shows, cookbooks. Uh, I went out to the grocery store. I got Bon Appetit. I got food and wine. I am nonstop. So, you know, this is my new outlook on life. Nothing extreme, nothing divisional. And something else I want to say for myself is no food restriction because that mentally did not help me. Mentally and emotionally, it, it really did not help me. So what am I eating right now? For some people with UC, White pasta works really well. White flour works really well. So I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm eating a lot of white flour. And I know for a lot of you, it's the devil. And I totally get where you're coming from because I used to be that person. But that's what works for my body right now. So I'm just kind of going with it. Eating intuitively, as you guys would call it, right? Lesson two, don't keep secrets. So I had talked about this in another episode, how I have become better with telling my family things and telling people things. When I had this horrible health crisis, I reverted to my old ways and I just wanted to keep everything a secret. I wanted to stay in bed. I wanted to shut out the world. But now as I'm coming out of this, I am telling everyone about my disease. For those of you that don't know, UC is covered under the Americans with Disabilities Act. So it's it's a disability. If I have a future event, let's say I wanted to book something two, three months down the line, I will maintain myself. I will do the best I can, but you never know when a really bad flare could arise. So I have to be honest with that event organizer. I have to tell them, listen, this is what I have. If this happens, can we have a plan B? Because I may be down for, I, I don't know, it could be two months. I, I may be down for a week. I don't know. But I just want you to know this ahead of time. So I have to be very honest with people. And once I was able to receive the diagnosis and share it with people, it really helped. And I want to talk about the childhood trauma a little bit later. But with my childhood trauma, I kept it a secret. And that hurt me. And I realized the connection between that and the UC diagnosis. So now I'm very honest. I'm upfront. I'm open with people and I just tell them. So don't keep secrets. Lesson three, manage your energy. When I was going through this, again, I barely had energy to pick my head up off the pillow. So answering a text, trying to even speak to my husband who was a godsend during all this and would check in on me and ask if I was doing okay. Even just answering yes or no or whatever I said was a huge effort for me. I had lovely friends who wanted to come visit or stop by or drop off food, which I so appreciate, but I couldn't manage that. I, I couldn't manage it, not because I don't love them and of course they shouldn't take it personally, but I, I couldn't manage it. You know, I just couldn't. So I had to really set my boundaries and manage my energy. And now because of that, 
I have restructured my daily routine. Now, because of the medicine, things are a little wacky right now. So I'll have an amazing eight hours of sleep. And then the next night, I'll have a good four hours of sleep because of the medicine. But again, I'm up at 1.51 a.m. So, <laughs> you know, I, I have to be realistic in what's going on right now. But everything is about relaxation and reducing stress. So that means that, yeah, I've only had four hours of sleep. I am going to do my clubhouse meditation at 8 a.m. And if I fall asleep on my yoga mat while doing it, so be it. I'm not planning anything for 8 a.m. So definitely, if you're going through a really rough time, whether that's physically or emotionally or mentally right now, manage your energy. You can only do what you can do. And if that means that, you know, you get up in the morning and you can brush your teeth and you can meditate and then you have to go back to bed because it's Saturday and you don't have to work, then that's what you have to do right now. So just manage your energy and set your boundaries. Lesson four, you do have to push your mindset a little bit to raise yourself to a higher vibration. And this was something that I really had to teach myself, just these small pushes of mindset. Just I had that little bit of fight in me, even though I was <laughs> dead to the world, there was that just little bit of fight in me. And what was that little bit of fight? Well, I realized that to get out of this health crisis, I could not sit in this lower vibration. I had to raise it. So for me, that culminated in just five to 10 seconds of affirmations, just five to 10 seconds of saying, I am healing. My body wants to heal. I love you. That type of thing. Just five to 10 seconds, five to 10 seconds of me calling in my Reiki guide, Nikki, and firing up my Reiki in my hands and putting them on, not on my stomach, but near my stomach and just saying these things. I had to have that fight in me. And every day the fight became bigger. Every day. And every day I could do more. And I could do more Reiki. And every day I could just, you know, do a few more affirmations. And that really helped just having that, you know, push, just having that push. And right now where I'm at, I do meditation every day, but it's not there yet in regard to the actual positioning of my body. And it may not be there yet for a long time or ever or ever, because right now me sitting at a desk or me sitting up with my abs straight, it hurts. It hurts because I have so much atrophy. I can't get into these normal meditation positions where I'm lying down straight. I don't sleep straight because it hurts. The best way to explain it is when I stretch out my, that intestine stomach area, it, it hurts. So I can't do, you know, the normal sitting posture of meditation. I can't do the lying down posture. I push myself. I have this small fight in me where I walk in our woods every day. We have trails, so I'm able to walk in them. I can only do one cycle of walking. It's hard. There's a lot of hills where I live and it's, it's bringing me back faster, but it's hard. I do little things such as just yesterday, instead of opening the fence to the pasture, which is easier, I actually scaled the fence and went over it to help my muscles. So I do little things like that. Only what I can handle. I feed the cows every once in a while just to get that physical activity. I sit at my desk. It's not easy. It's not easy right now, but I sit at my desk. So just embrace that little push in you embrace that little fight. It's going to be a little intuitive voice and it's going to say to you, Hey, you, you just a little bit, just push a little bit today. Because if you push today, I guarantee you tomorrow, you'll push a little more and it'll be better. Lesson five. This is a big one I had to learn and I really want to pass this on to you. I'm going to be very straightforward and blunt about it. Support your person, support your friend, whoever who's going through the crisis right now, do not give advice. Unless they ask for it, do not give advice. I got so much advice that I did not want to hear, especially when I was trying to manage my energy and I didn't know what was going on and I was near death's door and people 
were saying it out of love and I really do respect that and they were saying it out of the goodness of their heart and they just wanted to help me I didn't want to hear it I didn't want to hear any of it you know I was getting advice like oh just drink some celery juice do you drink celery juice and I know the person who said it said it out of love because this person is a wonderful human being but it's just when you're going through that much of a crisis it's just not a good thing to say and and the same thing if let's say someone's going through a divorce right now you know I I don't really give advice I, I know a few people going through a bad divorce right now and I, I don't give advice I just say you know well we'll get to that later that's that's another lesson but <laughs> but definitely support listen we're gonna talk about the ways you can do it a little later but advice giving especially if it's something where it is a crisis I would refrain from it lesson six give authentic words of encouragement so let's say I have a cold and I text you that I have a small cold and you text me back and you say I hope you feel better I think that's fine wait that's that's fine I would probably text the same thing to you I'd say oh I hope you feel better you know get better I hope you feel better now if someone's going through a full-on crisis mentally emotionally physically I think we need to change the wording the wording is really big for me and I am a big fan of really making sure I have the right wording with people when I text especially because everything's over text now obviously when I speak to them on the phone or whatever but definitely over text so instead of that hope I change it to will you will get better you will figure it out you know if it's something more serious and it's to me it's transferring that energy of faith it's transferring that higher vibration right putting that person on a higher vibration even if it's just through text and saying okay you will figure this out you will do it everything will be fine and I really like using those words and I mean them and I'm authentic about them so I want to talk about what happened with my gastroenterologist because I think it's just wild now keep in mind that I've gone to you've heard me talk about Ayurveda I've gone to one of the best Ayurvedic doctors in the US which I saw virtually so you know I can't say I saw him in person um, you know I've gone to throughout the years so many herbalists acupuncturists energy healers Reiki people you name it massage therapists and we've all done it all of you listening are saying the same thing yeah we've all done it so this one shocked me this one shocked me in a good way keep in mind I'm I'm still in my little extreme mindset with I'm not going to a Western doctor but here I am getting the colonoscopy done I had to get it done I wake up from the procedure and the doctors there to talk to me the gastroenterologist and he says to me you have ulcerative colitis now I was wearing a mask so he couldn't see my expression and I wasn't upset because I had suspected it and in our appointment prior he had suspected it so there was no shock but what he did next was just so touching he touched my shoulder and he said you will get through this we will figure it out you don't hear a lot of doctors doing that you really don't and just that moment put me on such a path to a positive mindset I could be here crying upset that I have to manage this disease for the rest of my life but I'm not you know his words in that moment just were so encouraging and it made all the difference and I could tell he was being authentic I could tell it wasn't a stage thing he was being authentic so just having that transfer of energy from him that higher vibration helped me so much in that moment so just remember to give authentic words of encouragement to someone who's really struggling lesson seven. Oh my god this one's funny you're gonna like this one things may get freaky <laughs> things may get a little weird when you're <laughs> in a crisis um, I'm gonna talk about this in regard to food because it's really funny first of all I was at a point where I hardly drank and ate for two weeks it was that bad it was really that bad and they say with UC once you get down to that point you should be in a hospital you should be intubated in the hospital which I didn't do which we all know I regret and blah 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 so you know lesson learned everything happened as it should however 
when I started to drink again, the only thing that appealed to me was soda. I do not drink soda. I do not like soda. I'm not into soda, but that's the only thing I would drink. So I was drinking Coke nonstop. I was drinking ginger ale. I was drinking things, you know, I normally don't drink. And I was telling my physician, I was saying, this is crazy. And she said, just do it. Just drink it. She asked me if I, if I tried, you know, Gatorade or Pedialyte, which has the electrolytes. And I said, I cannot get them down. I cannot do it. I just, I hate the taste so much. And she said, fine, drink the soda, just take small sips. So I was just drinking a lot of soda. Now here's the funny part is <laughs> I believe this is because of the malnourishment. I really do. This is, this is wild. So I haven't walked into a Burger King in probably 30 years. I haven't even said the word Whopper in 30 years. Probably the last time I walked in, I was in college or not even, I was probably in high school. I can't even remember going into one and there's nothing wrong with it. Remember, no food restrictions, no judgment. I, I, if you go to Burger King every day, no judgment on my part, really seriously. But you know, that's not the diet I had kept or the diet I had craved. I will tell you this for probably two weeks, maybe longer, maybe three weeks every night, I would look at the Burger King menu for two to three hours. I'm not exaggerating. I would just study it, look at it. I was obsessed with it. And then finally, <laughs> I couldn't take it anymore. And I said to Craig, you've got to go out and get some Burger King. So he brought me home a Whopper. And let me tell you, it was really good. I wish I could sit here and say, you know what? I spit it out. It was disgusting. I, I had to run and, and make my Ayurvedic stew because I was so disgusted. No, no, no. It was, it was effing good. <laughs> Burger King has some good hamburgers. I will tell you that. So I don't know why I did that. That craving happened. I ate it. I got over it and I moved on. And the same thing with the soda. And there was other weird cravings too. At one point I was eating, I think it was quesadillas I was obsessed with for two days and it, it just kept going on. The weirdest part is I was obsessed with these fast food menus. I would look at them every night for weeks, McDonald's, Burger King. Uh, I think I threw some Taco Bell in there. Applebee's, I threw in Applebee's. <laughs> Which I will say, I, I'm, you know, I'm not above saying that every once in a while I will go to Applebee's and get their Caesar salad because I do like their Caesar salad. And I just discovered their Oreo shake, which is amazing, which I can't really have a lot of, but oh my God, it's so good. Anyway, anyway, so I was just obsessed with trolling these menus for hours, for hours on end. It was just the weirdest thing. But then I got over all these cravings and my body kept moving towards healthier and healthier. What I think besides the malnourishment and the obsession with food, and by the way, I just want to say that if anyone struggles right now with malnourishment, if anyone struggles with food insecurity and you don't know where to go and you live in my area, which is the Hudson Valley of New York, please contact me, DM me, email me. I, I'm taking a break, but normally I work at a food pantry, which is phenomenal. They have phenomenal food. They get in amazing vegetables. I also know of an organization right in my area where they feed people for a thousand meals, something like a thousand meals a week. It's great food. They deliver it. So if, if anyone is struggling right now with food insecurity or you know anyone, please don't hesitate to reach out to me if you live in my area. I am happy to hook you up with all that. So besides the malnourishment, I felt that I was purging my toxic food behavior and the end results, well, my toxic food behavior from childhood, because you have heard me talk about my childhood trauma and how that led to disordered eating and it led to binging and it led to hiding food. So I almost felt, or I almost feel as if I was slowly getting rid of that toxicity, if that makes sense. But I'm still going to have that Oreo shake and I'm still, maybe I'm going to have a Burger King Whopper every once in a while. You never know. You never know. But the end result so far is I have become obsessed with cooking also, as I said, no food restrictions. It is so freeing. I feel like I have a weight, 
lifted off my shoulders with the no food restrictions. It is a new lease on life for me because I've been doing this since I was uh, 12 years old or something. So I feel great. Nothing to me is good or bad. Nothing to me. That Oreo shake is not good or bad. The Burger King Whopper is not good or bad. I now rely on intuitive eating, whatever my body wants, you know, within reason, within reason, you know, I, 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 I do have some reason to me still, but I rely on intuitive eating. Um, I have written here banana muffins. Why do I have written here banana muffins? Oh, okay. Banana muffins. Yes. I made banana muffins two nights ago. I have to say they were excellent, but they were too sugary for me. Now the old Jennifer, before this all happened, I would have been downing those muffins, right? Because they have white flour, they have white sugar. I would have downed them and I would have felt guilty. I had maybe one banana muffin and it was good. Like I recognized it for what it was. It was delicious, but it was just too sugary. So I haven't touched them since. So there you go. You know, no restrictions, nothing's good or bad. It takes away all of that. At least for now it does. So I just want to say that things may get freaky during a crisis. <laughs> it does lead to enlightenment. Lesson eight, patience. It will take a while to understand my diet, my new lifestyle, and to get on the right track. It will take a while. You know, I'm thinking it'll take probably a year, probably two to understand everything and really manage it and get into the right routine. Uh, also, I've talked about this, I think it was on my first episode, that when I was really financially struggling, I had to have patience with that too. That was a financial crisis when I had broken up with my ex-fiance. It took five years to get to where I was in a much better financial position. It didn't take five months. It didn't take five weeks. It wasn't a get rich quick scheme at all. It was a five year thing. So when we're in a crisis, we have to remember it takes patience or if we're just struggling and going through a really hard time, it takes patience. And then when you're out of it, you look back on it and you say, wow, you know, that, that occurred much faster than I thought it would. That happened much faster. You're in it and you're going, oh my God, it's only November. Oh my God, it's only December. But I guarantee you, if you have the patience, it helps. And trust me, patience is not easy for me. But I am now <laughs> learning patience. And uh, it's really helping. Lesson nine. And we all know this, but I want to discuss this in regard to crisis. Gratitude is everything. I am happy to say that I have naturally staved off depression during this crisis as weak as I was, as depleted as I was, I was still not depressed. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy to say that. And I'm going to talk about in lesson 10, why that was, but I, you know, and if you are depressed then be depressed, there's no judgment on it, but I was happy for myself as much as I was going through. I did not feel that depression. I did not take it out on my husband. He was a godsend. He did not complain once. Yeah, things weren't perfect. I mean, there were a couple of heated words, which I understood because he wanted me to go to the emergency room and he wanted me to get help and I refused to. So I understand when someone's practically dying in bed and they refuse to go. So I understand his point and he was right in all that. But besides that, you know, the way he handled the situation was amazing. I believe the way I handled the situation and making sure I did not take it out on him because people do that. People do that when you have the caretaking scenario. I've seen that. I've seen that with my own eyes where people are aggressive and they're angry and they take it out on the caretaker. That was not happening in this house. I want to talk about 2004, which I have mentioned before in 2004. I was diagnosed with interstitial cystitis. Yay, another chronic pain disorder. <laughs> and uh, back then, no one knew what it was. It is a bladder disorder where the bladder lining has been ripped away. They now are finding out that it has to do with histamines and allergies, which is so interesting because in 2004, I was told it was because of bad urinary tract infections, which I still think that's the case. I'm, I'm not sure. But in 2004, I was 
miserable. I was in so much pain. I was miserable. It's it's a very painful condition. If you haven't heard of it, it's 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 a rough one. It is a rough one, and I will say that acupuncture was a godsend in that because that is. That is my godsend for interstitial cystitis. And if you know anyone, definitely have them DM me, email me, because I can give tips on that one. But 2004, I was angry. I was frustrated. I was upset. I took it out on my boyfriend at the time. I took it out on work. I took it out on everyone I could find. I was I was so upset. You know, I was much younger, so I didn't know any better. I, you know, you you do the best you can at the time, right, with what you have. So that was a really tough time for me. So compared with 2004, the way I handled my crisis today, I can say that I've learned and I've grown and I handled it much better. So how does gratitude come into play? Well, when you can't lift your head off the pillow and it's really tough, I would think about my house and I would say I'm lucky enough to be in a house, a, a nice house where I can relax and rest. I can look out the windows of my bedroom and I can see nature. I saw the seasons change, even though of course I wanted to be outside and walking, at least I was able to see nature change outside my bedroom window. I had the internet to watch TV because all I could manage some days was just watching, I'm going to be honest with you, just, it's not cool to say, but just watching a lot of TV. I wish I could tell you guys that I was in the mental state where I read a lot of books and I meditated and I now know Gandhi's life history. It wasn't like that. <laughs> it wasn't like that. I could only function on, you know, TV that didn't make me think a lot and not a lot of it was crappy, but it was just, you know, I just couldn't function on that level. Remember managing energy. So, you know, I had the internet to watch TV. I could afford to stay at home. Uh, we, of course, need money in this household. Uh, we live on a farm, so money goes out like water on a farm. But at least I could live as minimally as I could, which I do live so minimally normally, and I was able to at least stay at home, right? And not worry about, oh my God, my employer, my job. I, I felt very grateful for that. I thought a lot about food insecurity because of the malnourishment. And it, it breaks my heart to think of people, to think of children, to think of parents, to think of whoever um, who goes to sleep hungry at night. Because when you are hungry, all you think about is food. That's all you can your mind, that's all it goes to. So I felt very lucky and blessed that I could afford food and that we have food in this house and that we can just go to a grocery store. So in that list, there were some really big things and there were some really little things, you know, and of course, adding to that list, my husband, who is amazing during this time. And if you can focus on them, amazing. If, if you can, because that really helped me and got me through. That was a big one for me, gratitude. Lesson 10, your metaphysical practices add up. What does that mean? That means, remember I just said that I was able to naturally stave off depression during this crisis. Why was that? Because I believe doing years of metaphysical practices and learning and growing and the self-help and the energy healings and the Reiki and the meditation and the starseed workshops and the, you know, whatever it is, that helped me have a peace of mind and made me strong throughout this crisis. I really feel that all those metaphysical practices added up. And that's how I was able to pull out of it. I was able to understand, hey, I need to raise myself to a higher vibration. I need to push myself a little. I was able to understand all these concepts. And it's important for me to tell you that because a lot of times you'll say to yourself, I don't think this is working. These metaphysical practices, I'm just not seeing the results. But they are and they do. And if you stop and you really take a moment, you will see that they are helping you. I was in the worst state of my life, the worst physical state of my life, and I wasn't depressed. And that to me is a huge victory. 
because all of those metaphysical practices made me strong mind, body, and spirit. And that's how I got through this. All right. So before we talk about spirit guides, my little spirit guides surprises, I just have a couple announcements. Um, when you have a CVS worth of medicine in your body and you are you know, not used to it, um, the brain fog is real and the fatigue is real. So for those of you who listen to the Corporate Flight Attendant podcast, and if you don't, you should because it's good and it's fun and you get to listen, you get to hear about a private industry and private jets and all that kind of thing. But anyway, I said, I made a mistake and I said, because I'm mixing up dates constantly, that the next episode would drop October 8th, last Friday. That was incorrect. It's dropping this Friday, October 15th. I apologize for that. Also for Clubhouse, um, if anyone wants to join me in this group meditation, I do it 8 a.m. I think it's, yes, it's 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's a healthy, happy community room. It's run by Aram Ahmed. I think I will put it in the show notes for you guys. So if you ever want to join in, you can. I love it. Lots of positive people, a great way to start your day. So relaxing. It lasts for around an hour. You can just jump in, do the meditation. Meditation is around 20 minutes, half an hour, and then jump out. So whatever works for you. And then also check out freespiritpodcast.com. I have some great products and services there I know you will love. I have my metaphysical TV guide. I have my podcast consultation, which I love because it helps you skip the line and just start your podcast. Everything I've learned, I'm going to pass on to you and I'm going to study what you're doing so I can help you immediately. And also you can email me an intuitive question, which I love doing. And I answer that's fun too. You also have the option of donating. Listen, kids, people, I've been down for two and a half months. I need some money. So (laughs) if you want to make up that entire two and a half months, do it. That would be awesome. But yes, you can always donate and any amount helps. And I really appreciate it. So freespiritpodcast.com. All right. Now we are back to discuss the spirit guide surprises. I didn't warn you guys this was going to be a long episode. I've been I've been down for a long time and I have a lot to say. So, I want to talk about my lowest night because I remember it so clearly. The night that I was completely depleted physically. I was having that was the night where one of the nights where I was having uh, probably about 20, 30 colon spasms just at night, so I obviously wasn't sleeping. I called for my spirit council. My spirit council is my group of spirit guides. They consist of my starseed guide. They consist of, um, I have someone called Moo, who's my Lemurian princess guide, my Reiki guide, Nikki. I call them all in. So I called for my spirit council because I was at the point, I was so low physically. I said, I can't do this alone. I need your help. I need your support. When we do this, we always have an image in mind, right? I, I was I was expecting Moo to come forward. I was expecting my Starseed Guide Helix to come forward. And here's what happens. All of a sudden, this guide comes forward, and she's this beautiful African-American woman, middle-aged. She's wearing a white white pantsuit. And she tells me to call her Tony. And she starts cracking jokes in the moment. They're not, they're not jokes I can tell you where you'd find them funny. They were just trying to just lift my spirit. And it was the way she was saying them with the energy she had. She had so much energy. And it was just, she was joking around. In that moment, I would have never, ever come up with someone to crack jokes at me. Ever. I I thought it was going to be, you know, Moo comes forward and we do a meditation and we all heal and we have a white light. It wasn't like that. Tony came forward and just wanted to make jokes. So I'm sitting there in pain and she's cracking these jokes. And all of a sudden I start to smile. I crack a smile and then I do a little laugh. It worked. It refocused my mind completely. I was able to go back to bed. Tony was with me 
especially at night for a couple weeks because a couple weeks were just, you know, bad nights. And she would just crack these little jokes. And sometimes she would get sensitive and she would say, you're doing great. Keep going. She lifted my vibration. She made me smile. She made me laugh. It was just complete silliness that I needed during that time. It was so surprising to me. It was a surprising spirit guide. And she came to me in such an unexpected way. Now I want to talk about my other night that this one was, a again, going back to the freaky, this one was a little weird. All right. Before saying this, I will... I want to give you some background. I have been in the middle of Arctic Finland at 40 degrees below, naked in an ice hole, and I have never experienced cold like I did the night I'm going to tell you about. So imagine I've had that experience, but um, I'm going to tell you about these chills. They were otherworldly, I will say that. I had this one night where I had these chills that I have never felt chills like that in my entire life. I was so upset that I called in Craig. I started crying and my whole body was vibrating, not in a good way, shaking. It was chills coming from my soul, my being, my core. It was just the craziest thing. I sat on the bed. Craig held my hand. He calmed me down. He said, I've never felt anything like this. I'm I'm sitting there crying and shaking and the whole thing. And all of a sudden, in my mind, a Native American steps forward, an indigenous person. He says, call me chief. In back of him, now he was in a forest with a clearing, and in back of him was a humongous flame, a humongous, beautiful flame And he said to me, again, I'm doing this all in my mind and I'm still holding Craig's hand and I'm still, you know, feeling chills and the whole thing. And chief says to me, take the flame and put it in your heart. And I start to warm up again. It took a while thinking about, you know, one of our lessons, patience. It took a while. It wasn't immediate, but it took a little while, a few minutes. And I took that flame and I really just put it in my heart. I dropped into my heart. Chief also spoke a bit of Spanish that I could understand. And he told me that he was my ancestor and that my ancestors were there to support me. As I've said before in this podcast, I'm adopted. I'm originally from Colombia and my birth mother is indigenous Colombian. So that makes sense. So chief brought me not only warmth, but completely comforted me in that moment. And again, that was another surprising spirit guide. I would have never expected Chief to step forward, right? I would have expected Moo or Nikki or one of these guides I'm with all the time. But in the crisis moment, these guides come to you in unexpected ways. The chills also, these weird chills also enabled me to cry I finally got that release. I know I talked about it a lot, being numb, but I was able to cry through this crisis. I cried more. I was crying at TV. I was crying therapy. I believe another reason this struggle, this crisis occurred was because my trauma response as a child was to numb out physically and emotionally as the trauma was occurring. I could not get my mind around it as a four-year-old, as a six-year-old. So what did I do as survival, which a lot of people do, not only as a child, you numb out. Now that I've been unearthing the trauma, I was able to feel into my body and I was able to feel the pain of where the trauma had occurred physically. It was a painful experience, but one that has helped me grow It's not a coincidence that in 2004, I was diagnosed with interstitial cystitis, which is in the bladder, and today with ulcerative colitis, which where is that? That is in the intestines, right? So think about the chakras. What are those chakras? We're talking about the root chakra, which is responsible for security and safety. We're talking about the sacral chakra, which is responsible for sexuality and power and creativity. 
and now moving up to the solar plexus because some of this is in my stomach, right? So those three chakras and solar plexus is your manipura. It's responsible for your personal power. So it's not a coincidence that I have these chronic pain disorders, right? And they're all sitting in these chakras. So it's obvious where my trauma is stored. And as I'm releasing it, this is what's happening. My last thoughts are ask for and welcome spirit guide surprises. They are here for us in unexpected ways. And I remember a psychic once said, and I love the way she put it, asking your spirit guides to come forward and help you is like putting in an order at a drive through And it's the same with the law of attraction. Think about driving up to, oh, we'll keep in, we'll, we'll keep with the... <laughs> With the theme, uh, imagine driving up to Burger King. I was going to say McDonald's, but imagine driving up to that drive-thru in Burger King. To the person at the drive-thru, you don't say into the speaker five times, I like a hamburger, I like a Whopper, I like a Whopper, I like a Whopper. You say it once, right? You say it once. So that's all I needed to say was just once to my spirit guides. I need your help. I need your support right now. And they will show up. Right now, are you going through an experience where you are being pushed to grow? It could be a crisis like I'm going through. It could be a struggle. It could be a smaller struggle. But are you going through that right now? It may be deeply painful, but how can you accept the experience and see where it takes you? Because you could end up in a place that you never expected and in a place where, yes, you've gone through a lot of pain, but you come out better and you come out definitely more two inches off the ground on the other side. Until next time, live your life two inches off the ground.